Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a re-watch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. That means on today's show, we are going to step into the film room and I'm going to go over my all-22 review from what I saw from the Titans schematically against the Miami Dolphins on offense and on defense. And boy, did this game plan really blow me away on both sides of the ball. Excited to dive into all of that with you guys. But first, we are going to start off the show talking about all of the Tennessee Titans news from the day. And no other news story was bigger than the legal issues that have showed up for Bud Dupree. I'm going to tell you everything that we know right now and what some of it could mean moving forward. So all of that and more on a Rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it! You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Going to step into the film room later in the show, but first we are going to start with all of the Tennessee Titans news that popped up on Tuesday. Before we do, want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. If this is your first ever listen to the Locked On Titans podcast, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you do stream. Subscribe to the Locked On Titans YouTube channel. When you do, smash that notification bell so you know when all of my content goes live. If you're watching on YouTube right now, smash that thumbs up button as well. Check me out on social media at Tic Tac Titans. Check me out on Facebook for the show Facebook page at Locked On Titans Pod. So, let's dive into this news, and of course it has to do with Bud Dupree. So, Bud Dupree was cited uh, and charged, however you want to use those words, with misdemeanor assault based on an altercation that took place at a local Walgreens on Sunday night. So, those are kind of the brass tacks facts of the matter. He was in an altercation in a Walgreens on Sunday night. Local Nashville police have charged him with misdemeanor assault. Now, as any time that we talk about medical issues or COVID or anything like that, I always say, I'm not a doctor. Well, guess what, folks? I'm here to tell you, I'm not a lawyer. So I'm not going to break down what the potential outcomes could be, potential punishments, this, that, timeline, all that. Not going to break down any of that because I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. But here's what we do know. Outside of just... The facts of the situation, there was an altercation that Bud Dupree was involved in out of Walgreens after the game. He's been charged with misdemeanor assault. A video was released. If you haven't seen the video, get on Twitter. Go check it out on Twitter. Uh, So anyways, in the video clip that we saw, Bud Dupree appeared to be playing peacemaker between his party, his group of people who were involved in the altercation, and then some store employees at Walgreens who were also involved in the altercation. Now, on the video, you can hear the guy recording saying, yep, that's Bud Dupree, Bud Dupree of the Tennessee Titans. And any time that you see stuff like, see, Kobe doesn't like it either. It's clout chasing. But anytime you see stuff like that, it instantly makes you think, you know, is this really... 
some serious situation where somebody did wrong or is somebody trying to take advantage of the situation. But right now, with the video that was put out, it's a, a short snippet. And what it doesn't show is, it doesn't show the beginning of the altercation and how it got started, and it doesn't show the end of the altercation. All it shows is Bud Dupree trying to basically get his people, who he came with, out of the store. Again, he looks like a peacemaker, but without the beginning of the video and the end of the video, it's really hard to make any kind of declaration about right, wrong, indifferent. I'm not here to do any of that. What I do know is from the things that I've been seeing is that a misdemeanor assault charge isn't something that's serious enough to where you think that Bud Dupree is going to miss time this year. The likelihood is that he'll be in court in the offseason probably pay a fine, what have you, as the facts continue to come out. But it's misdemeanor assault. So we aren't talking about any kind of serious, long-term charges that are going to affect Bud Dupree, at least in the short term. So it's an unfortunate situation, and I don't want to speak too positively towards Bud's side without knowing all the facts. In fact, you know, there could have been some aggressive moments where the victims were the store employees. But I'm also not willing to completely absolve the store employees based on the information we have. I simply don't know enough to give you guys a, a clear ruling either way. And since, again, I'm not a lawyer, that's not something that I'm going to do. But it appears that based on the type of citation that it was, this will not affect Bud Dupree and him playing with the Tennessee Titans for the rest of the season. So, that's where things stand right now. I wouldn't get too freaked out. I wouldn't get too upset. I wouldn't worry too much about Bud Dupree's availability. We'll see how things play out. The second biggest story of the day, Diana Russini from ESPN, who consistently breaks stories about the Titans. She clearly is in with Vrabel and Robinson. She came out on Tuesday and said Derrick Henry will practice on Wednesday. So anticipate Today, hearing that Derrick Henry is activated into his 21-day window to practice before he gets officially activated off IR, but she also said in the tweet, it's a long shot that he will play against Houston, which is what I'm hoping for. I don't want to see him play. But then again, Diana said it was a long shot the Titans would get Julio, and well, that happened. But that's the two biggest news stories of the day, the legal uh, situation for Bud Dupree, Derrick Henry returning to practice on Wednesday. The Titans also made some roster moves. They made some cuts on the practice squad. They cut Golden Tate. And I know that, you know, a lot of us wanted to see something from Golden Tate, but hey, I trust the coach's judgment at this point in time with what they need for this team to be successful. Tate just doesn't check the boxes. They like the bigger wide receivers. Chester Rogers is that small slot receiver for them right now. So I understand where that went. The roster is currently at 52 with the changes that they made, which leads you to believe that open roster spot 53 could be Derrick Henry. I don't think so. 21-day practice window doesn't mean you count towards the roster. Could be an additional tight end that the Titans steal off a practice squad of some other team. Could be Tory Carter, the Titans' important fullback coming off IR. Remains to be seen. We'll get that news on Wednesday as well. So, those are all the big stories of the day for the Tennessee Titans. Now it's time to step into the film room for Rewatch Wednesday. The Titans did some incredible schematic stuff in this game. I'm excited to talk about it with you. Before we get into that, I do want to tell you guys about Built Bar. It is a new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, you have to include Built, Built Bars in your plan. Built Bars are a protein bar, but they taste like a candy bar. I mean, some of them... Maybe even better than some candy bars that I have had. They're covered in 100% chocolate. ton of delicious flavors like 
my favorites, the cookies and cream, uh, the salted caramel, the peanut butter brownie, all absolutely delicious. But it's not just the taste. They're healthy for you as well. They're low calorie, they're low sugar, they're high protein, they're high fiber. They're perfect as a healthy meal substitute or just a guilt-free snack. Make sure that you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Titans fans, let's continue this Rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast by diving into our Rewatch Wednesday segments. Excited to step into the film room, talk about what the Titans did schematically from an X's and O's standpoint on Sunday against the Dolphins on offense and on defense. I'm going to start on the defensive side of the ball because, wow. Holding the Dolphins to three points, holding them to 74 rushing yards. They didn't even get into the red zone. Three for 12 on third down, two turnovers. If you count the couple turnovers on downs, that's uh, additional turnovers for the Titans. A missed field goal in there as well. The Titans completely locked the Dolphins down. And how did they do it? Well, as I like to do, I like to start with the run game and then work our way to the passing game. So in the run game, I was impressed by how the Titans rotated personnel. So. You talk about one tight end, two tight ends, three wide receivers, all that stuff, and the Titans matching up their packages. Well, what if I told you the Titans not only were matching up based on the personnel numbers, but they were matching up based on who the players were that made up that personnel. So the Dolphins were playing in 12 personnel for the majority of the game. Two tight ends, two wide receivers, and a running back. But they have three tight ends like the Titans that they rotate in. Number one, you guys know about Mike Gesicki. He's basically Anthony Ferkser, but actually really good. So he's a, a, a pretty much a primary receiving tight end, not a very good blocker. But they have a guy like number 81, Smythe, and then number 80, I think it's Hovland or something like that. Forgive me if I get the name wrong on the Dolphins' third-string tight end. But either way, the two other tight ends, other than Mike Gesicki, are more adept in blocking and in the run game. So what the Dolphins were doing is they would come out sometimes in 12 personnel with Gesicki and Smythe. If they did that, the Titans said, hey, he may be a tight end, but Gesicki's basically a wide receiver. That means to us, you have three wide receivers out there. We're going to play nickel against two tight end packages if you have Gasecki in the game. And Nickel, of course, is five defensive backs. So the Titans said, sure, bring two tight ends out. But if one of them's Gasicki, we're playing Nickel because we're not going to go into base based on Gasicki being on the field. On the flip side, when it was number 80 and then Smythe, number 81, the Titans said, okay, those are two real tight ends. We'll play base now. So the Titans weren't just matching the personnel in the number. They were matching the personnel in the player. So Gasecki was treated as a third wide receiver for the Titans defense in this game. Now, when you're playing nickel the majority of the game, which the Titans did, that's going to run you into some problems as well because the Dolphins, although Gasecki is a, is a pass-catching tight end, he still is a tight end. And the Titans did have some trouble against the run game early now. In my opinion, the two things that caused that to happen. Number one, the Titans did struggle with double teams up front early in the game. Jeffrey Simmons, Naquan Jones, Kyle Pecco, Tyer Tart. They did get pushed around a little bit because the Dolphins, when the Titans were in nickel package, and the, the Dolphins are in two tight end, the Dolphins had a numbers advantage in the interior, and they were able to double team 
both the Titans' defensive tackles. So if the Titans have four down linemen and you can double-team both of them, that's a great start, and that caused a lot of success in the run game early for the Dolphins. But the other big factor in that was Rashawn Evans was god-awful. He was missing holes. Everybody saw the second play of the game for the Dolphins where Rashawn was literally standing, looking into the backfield as the running back runs past him in the hole that Rashawn should be covering. So he had a terrible game. The Titans worked in David Longmore as the game progressed, and that helped solve the issues. So uh, that's what caused the success in the run game early on for the Dolphins. Uh, I don't really care, though, and the Titans didn't really care because they knew eventually they would slow down the run, and the Dolphins couldn't beat them with the passing game. So let's talk about the passing game because I got quite a bit to say. The Titans ran some coverages in this game that I hadn't seen before quite frankly, or maybe I'd seen it, but it's hard to diagnose. The Titans were doing some high-level stuff that even I don't necessarily have the names to tell you what they were running. Uh, all I can do is kind of match it to what I know and the terminology I know and what seem to be the responsibilities out there. And that's why I want to start talking about hybrid coverages. So one of the most common hybrid coverages that you hear, and think about traditional coverages, cover two, cover three, even cover four, where the, the field is broken up into quarters and the defensive backs have those responsibilities. The Titans played a ton of cover six in this game. The Titans didn't blitz a lot in this game, so typically they have four guys rushing the quarterback, and that leaves seven in the back end. So basically what the Titans were doing is, wherever the Dolphins put three guys, the Titans would have four guys out of the back seven. Wherever the Dolphins had the two guys, eligible receivers, the Titans would put three of the back seven. So you got four with three, and you got three with two. And that's how they're splitting up responsibilities. And it was almost like, for most of the game, the Titans were cutting the field in half and saying, hey, on this side of the field, we're going to play man cover one. On the other side of the field, we're going to play cover two in our technique. So... I just was incredibly impressed with what the Titans were doing, mixing man and cover two on certain downs, and also mixing cover two and cover four, which a lot of people know as cover six. So the Titans would have their outside cornerback, like Christian. So let me give you exact examples. The Titans, a lot of the game, were putting Christian Fulton and Amani Hooker in cover four, which meant they took their half of the field and they each had half of the half. Deep responsibility. And then they would have two underneath defenders, someone playing like the hook curl in the middle of the field, like where the linebacker normally is, and then somebody taking the underneath outside like a flat route. And that's important against the Dolphins because they like to throw it short and outside and under 10 yards, which I showed visually on the Friday preview show. So the Titans were running that towards the three side, and then on the back side, they had Jackrabbit Jenkins playing outside coverage, and they would have Kevin Byard playing deep coverage on his half. KB was covering the entire half, whereas Amani and Christian split the other half. Kevin had one half all to himself, and that allowed Jackrabbit Jenkins to do this. So, Kevin Byard has that half. If there are two guys going deep in his half, it's going to make it tough for him to cover that. 
Well, the way the Titans were playing it is if two guys went deep, Byard would take the inside most deep guy, and then Jackrabbit would stay with the outside most deep guy. But if the Dolphins ran only one guy deep and then ran other wide receivers underneath, well, then the Titans would have Kevin Byard take the deep guy. Jackrabbit would be able to come up and play the underneath route, which helped keep you covered from those short intermediate throws to the outside the Dolphins like. And then they would have one underneath under the middle hook defender, which was typically going to be Jayon Brown or even Buster Screen, and they would have that guy playing underneath in the middle. So that way, you're covered for anything. And the way that the Titans split responsibility in real time, like the play is going on and they are passing off this responsibility, the Titans are playing different coverages based on what happens during the play. It's truly incredible stuff, high-level stuff. And the amount of time that I saw you know, these coverages mixed together and confused Tua, it, it was just impressive. It was the Titans literally took away everything. They took away everything using different coverages on different sides of the field. Again, they'd have three on one side playing cover two with Jackrabbit having the ability to turn it into cover four or come up to the flat. And then on the other side, they're playing cover four and just playing straight that way. Sometimes they're playing cover two on one side, playing man on one side because what the Dolphins like to do was they like to put three wide receivers to one side and then just have Gasicki on the other side as a normal tight end. Well, if that happened, then the Titans would put Christian Fulton in man coverage on the tight end with Amani Hooker playing just a, z- a deep zone over the top and then the linebacker or the extra extra cornerback playing the underneath middle and then they'd flip it and on the other you got man on one side with a guy over top and then on the other side they're playing cover two with Kevin Byer taking the deep and then three guys underneath to take away any of that in the middle or outside I mean it was just a master class now I said the Titans didn't blitz a lot and they did not blitz a lot in this game but the one time they did run a slot blitz with Elijah Molden coming off the slot they had Kevin Byard fill it so the Titans are playing two high safety with a slot cornerback. They blitz the slot corner, and as they're blitzing Elijah Molden off the left-hand side of the defense, off the right-hand side of the offense, Kevin Byard and Imani Hooker rotate. So Hooker, instead of playing too high, Hooker rotates up to single high. Byard comes down to fill the spot where Elijah Molden would have been had he not blitzed, and then Molden's in on the blitz. That happened to a panicked when he saw Elijah Molden in his face and Byard take away the hot route for the blitz, and that caused him to panic and hesitate on his throw, and that's why he dropped the ball. So it looked like Tua just dropped the ball, but the Titans' defense caused that to happen. Last thing I want to mention is, after the Titans got a big lead in the second half, they went to more cover three looks. They quit being as complicated on the defensive side of the ball. One, they don't want to give up a big play, blow an assignment based on a missed responsibility. But also, you just want to keep it simple at that point and keep everybody in front of you. Don't let them hit any deep shots down the field, which they did get the one to waddle. But outside of that, nothing really to speak of. So the Titans transitioned into more cover three later in the game just to be safe. So that is a complete breakdown of the schematics that the Titans used on defense against the Dolphins. We are now going to talk about what the Titans did on offense. And the only thing that I can say to you is the Titans offense played that game in a phone booth. I'll explain before I do. Do want to tell you, Titans fans, you got to check out an incredible app that if you buy gas, you have to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. All you have to do is download the free 
Get Upside app in the App Store or on Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and you'll actually get a bonus 25 cents off per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump ever again. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. You're going to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot get up to two, $300 in cash back every month. And here's the thing. There's no catch. The cash back gets added directly to your GetUpside account, and then you can cash out at any time to your bank account, to your PayPal, or even to an e-gift card like for Amazon. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN on the free GetUpside app. Titans fans, let's cap off this Rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast, discussing what the Titans did schematically on offense against the Miami Dolphins. We talked about Bud Dupree's legal situation, Derrick Henry coming back to practice on Wednesday, talked about Golden Tate being released, what the roster number's at, talked about the schematics on defense and what the Titans did with their hybrid coverages and their personnel groupings and packages. Now... We're going to dive into the offense before we do. I want to thank you guys again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. As for your second listen, check out the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. That's the Locked On Bets podcast presented by betonline.ag. Here's what I want to say first. I had a dentist appointment on Tuesday, and that's why I didn't do the Tic Tac Tuesday thread on Tuesday as regularly scheduled. I completely forgot about that dentist appointment, so sorry I didn't mention that on Monday's show. But I had an absolute disaster at the doctor's office. It was ridiculous. Not going to get into it. Very upset. Wrote a stern review. Spreading the word. Absolutely ridiculous service from the dentist's office. But that's not important. What is important is I say all this to tell you that my Tic Tac Tuesday thread will now be replaced with a Rewatch Wednesday thread. So I'm going to clip the game out in its entirety. Uh, Well, not every single play, but all the things that I see, which ends up being about 60 plays every time anyways. Uh, And that's going to be on my Twitter account on Wednesday at Tic Tac Titans. Usually start putting clips up at about 9 o'clock in the morning and run until about 3.30, 4 o'clock Eastern time. So Make sure you check that out if you enjoy the show. I don't see how you could listen to my show all the time and not go check out all the film clips that I put up on Twitter. You don't even have to be, like, signed up on Twitter. You just Google Tic Tac Titans Twitter and just look at my account without signing up. So, anyways, moving forward, talking about what I saw on offense. I said that the Titans wanted to play this game in a phone booth. What do I mean? They wanted to condense everything into the middle. What are the Dolphins good at? They're good at using dime and nickel personnel with defensive backs, extra safeties. They love running three safeties with two corners like how the Titans do from time to time. And they like to crowd the line of scrimmage when teams get in passing situations. And they like to blitz heavy. Well... What happens if the Titans don't ever go into packages where you can bring on that many defensive backs? What if the Titans stay in two tight end, three tight end the whole game? What do you do then, Miami? It takes away the best aspect of Miami's defense, their complex blitzes with multiple defensive backs. Well, the Titans said, you ain't even getting to that, Buster. 
We're playing two tight ends. We're playing 22 personnel with a fullback and two tight ends. We are going to play 13 personnel with three tight ends on the field and Nick Westbrook Aquino, which is basically four tight ends. What's Miami going to do? Run nickel? No, it doesn't make sense. Miami's response was, okay, we're going to play a 6-1. Now, what's a 6-1? Bill Belichick made this kind of famous in the Super Bowl against the Rams because he wanted to take away duo up front and take away what the Rams were doing with a fullback and all that stuff. Well, the Dolphins went to 6-1. So they had four defensive linemen, two outside linebackers on the outsides, and then one middle linebacker in the middle. And what they were doing is, excuse me, They were also bringing a safety down to be a second middle linebacker. Well, okay, sure. We talk about this dichotomy all the time. When you have four-man fronts and a bunch of people at the second level, you need a fullback because the second-level defenders are going to be able to flow away from the offensive linemen. They're going to be too fast for the offensive linemen to consistently get up on those second-level defenders. That's why the Colts play the Titans like that. They always just do four-man fronts and stack the second level with five guys so that they can flow back and forth. Well, the Titans' response to that is, hey, we're going to run double teams and just run straight up the gut, up up your, you know, straight through your face, as Marshawn Lynch would say. And we're going to have a big game before the second-level defenders can do that. And when we run straight at you, that negates your sideline-to-sideline speed. You don't have to go sideline-to-sideline if I'm coming straight through you. Well, the flip side of that, if the Dolphins are going to stack the line of scrimmage and put a bunch of guys right in the middle, four defensive linemen with two outside linebackers and two linebackers still, well, then it's going to be difficult for the Titans to run straight up the middle because you're not going to be able to, it's going to be one-on-one. You're not going to have the opportunity to double-team defensive linemen and move them off their point to get good push in the run game. It's going to be difficult to do that because everybody's going to be one-on-one because everybody's covered. Well, everybody's not covered if you go with three tight ends. Simple as that. You go with three tight ends. You got eight guys on the line of scrimmage. I just said four, two, and two. That's eight guys in the box. Eight on eight. Titans still have their numbers advantage. Now, here's the thing, though. Even though they have their numbers advantage back by going with three tight ends, it is still going to be difficult to run it directly up the gut and run duo, and run ISO, and run inside zone, when you have that many people crunched into the middle. So that's why we saw the Titans run more outside zone in this game. The plays that Foreman were breaking off, where we was running right off Taylor Lewan's butt, running right off Questenberry's butt, that's outside zone. So the Titans said, okay, you're going to stack the middle to try to take away duo in our inside run game that we've been relying on for most of the season. We're going to go back to our bread and butter which is the outside zone. So stack everybody in the middle. We're going to create the numbers advantage again on you with personnel, and then we're going to run to the perimeter. We're going to run to the perimeter. And since you don't have a lot of guys at the second level because you're stacking the line of scrimmage with six guys, now if we can just get through that initial line of scrimmage, now we got some big runs in front of us. And Foreman had some big runs on the day, right? Just the chess match back and forth between downing and Flores. Okay, do the 6-1. Stack the line of scrimmage. We're going to meet your numbers by going heavy tight end. Not only does that help us meet your numbers, but it also allows us to keep you out of the defensive personnel grouping that you like the most and have the most success with. 
And if you're going to stack the interior to take away duo in the double teams, then we're going to run outside zone. And when our guards and our tackles get up to the second level, it's not going to be as difficult to get the job done because you don't have as many guys at the second level. I mean, it was just really masterful stuff from Downing. And Christian Wilkins from the Dolphins said in his post-game press conference, they basically figured us out. And the Titans did just that. It was excellent stuff. It really was. And just to stay on the run game a little bit here, in the second half, I've been talking about 13 personnel, which is three tight ends. Well, Pruitt was out. He broke his leg. He was out. And you guys know just as well as I know, Anthony Ferkser is not a blocking tight end. We can't put Anthony Ferkser out there in two tight end situations consistently throughout the game and get the push in the run game and the desired result. So what do the Titans do to have that second blocking tight end to go along with Swain? In comes Aaron Brewer, who's probably the most athletic offensive lineman in terms of speed, agility, and all that in the Titans organization right now. Now, he's not quite as fast as some of the outside linebackers in the NFL, so he struggled with some of the quicker moves from guys when he was trying to block as a tight end. But for the most part, Aaron Brewer did a dang good job playing tight end for the Titans in that second half, and it allowed them to continue going with that 13 personnel. The Titans mostly used Ferkser when they went 12, but a couple times they were in 12, they went with Brewers. So really like to see that. It was really good stuff. Also, the last thing I want to, the only thing I really want to mention about the passing game, because the Titans just didn't pass the ball. They said, screw it. We have the numbers advantage in the run game. We know what you're doing. We have a good way to beat it. We're going to run the freaking ball. And with the lead that they got in the first half, that made sense too. But, when they did pass it, because the Titans were doing more outside zone in this game, that got them back in the way of doing bootlegs off of outside zone. And to make sure that Ryan Tannehill was protected from backside pressure, which has been an issue all year long when the Titans try to run boot, they would have Jeff Swain be the tight end on the boot side like Ryan Tannehill was booting to the left, so Jeff Swain would be on the left side of the formation. But here's what they were doing. They were extending Jeff Swaim's splits. So whereas the tight end is normally right next to the tackle, they would have Swaim about two, three yards further than he would normally be, and that way he could protect the backside pressure from the defensive back or the or the crashing outside linebacker so that Tannehill could get out on that bootleg and not get smashed immediately. So I love that adjustment as well, but that's something that will show on tape and the Titans have to be careful that Swaim doesn't do that too much because if he lines up in that alignment, it'll tip off the defense that the Titans are going to run bootleg, and that could obviously create some problems. So that's what I saw from the Titans on offense schematically. We talked about the defensive and offensive X's and O's in this segment or in this episode, so I hope you guys enjoyed. I'll be back with you tomorrow for a crossover Thursday we're going to be talking with John and Cody from Locked On Texans. They're awesome guys to talk about. They have a really good handle on that football team. So be excited to dive into that conversation. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you do stream. That's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titans.